Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. So I'm going to read uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, which many of you already know these words already. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's it. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Hello again, everyone. I seem a little loud. Let me turn myself down. How are we doing this morning? Good. Um, my name is Drew. I am the associate pastor here at Loon Mountain Ministry. And uh, every once in a while, I get the privilege of preaching. And today's the day. So, um, As I was talking about before, Advent is um, a season where we prepare room and we wait in expectation, remembering Jesus coming to earth for the first time. And also remembering that he's coming again. Um, and every year during the season of Advent, we look at four different words. Those are hope, peace, joy, and love. And the reason why is because the ultimate embodiment of those words, of all these virtues, is Jesus. And in his coming, he offers them to us as we reflect and receive his grace towards us. So if you remember back a couple of weeks ago, uh, the first week of, of Advent, Marcus um, talked about, preached on hope. And hope is not some kind of blind optimism about the future. Uh, no, hope, the, the hope of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, was God's promise to send a Messiah, to send a Savior uh, who would save the people from their sin, rescue the world um, from their sin. And our hope is rooted in that same Messiah, uh, that Jesus Christ, the one who has secured our future with his life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. And then last week, Marcus uh, talked about peace, that Christ himself is our peace, and the peace of Christ transcends our circumstances. But the irony or the paradox of the peace that Christ preaches is that Jesus will almost, following Jesus, making a decision to follow Christ, will almost always lead to different kinds of external hostility. Um, but in the midst of a hostile world, we're promised inner peace that now tran transcends our circumstances. And we're also promised a future peace, which embodies all things, internal and external, when he returns and, and uh, completes, fulfills the, the fullness of his reign. 
And today we're looking into the joy of Christ at Christmas. Um, Christmas is a holiday that promises much joy, probably more than any other holiday. Am I getting that, Nathan? <laughs> Uh, welcome to Thrift Shop Church. <laughs> For some of us, uh, seeing joy during this season is easy. It's easy to see and experience joy. We, we enjoy the lights, the music, the food, the gifts, the glitter, the family, the ugly sweaters, all of it. Um, and all of these, these things can contribute to feelings of good pleasure and happiness. And I do believe that joy can, can be experienced, genuine joy can be experienced in these things, but only briefly. It's not in the midst of the hallmark happiness that joy makes its home. It's as if the joy found in these places is just passing through, here for a moment only to offer a friendly greeting and then on to its next appointment. I'm learning more and more that there is a place where joy resides, a place where joy has, has made its home. And whether you're a person who loves the festivities of Christmas or can't stand it, joy is available to you today. And I want to share a little bit more with you about what that's about. But before we go any further, let's uh, say a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, um, Open our eyes and our hearts to you, Lord, to, to the joy of Christ. God, uh, soften our hearts as, as we have a tendency to be jaded and calloused uh, towards the things of you, Father. Uh, break down barriers um, and just prepare us for the truths that you have today. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just help me to, to get out of the way and uh, that you would work through um, this message that, that you've prepared. Um, we love you, Lord. We thank you um, for Christ. And it's in him that we place all of our hope and all of our joy. Praise in his name. Amen. So, in the New Testament, uh, the language that the New Testament was written in is Greek. And the word uh, for joy in Greek is a word is pronounced kara, C-H-A-R-A. And, you know, why do I tell you this? This isn't because I actually know Greek. This is something that I've kind of learned this week. Um, but this word kara is actually very closely connected to other words. Um, the root word of kara is, is charis or charis, and that word means grace. Grace being unmerited favor or unearned gift, a gift of God you didn't expect, a gift you didn't earn or weren't aware of. And great, these two words, kara and charis, grace and joy, are rooted together in the same word. That's interesting, right? I thought so. But it doesn't stop there. There's yet another word connected to these two, which takes it another step further. Um, and if you add an E-U to charis, the beginning of the word charis becomes eucharis, which actually means thanksgiving. And if you grew up or came from a certain tradition of Christianity, you may recognize the word eucharist, 
which is the word that we at Ling Nam Ministry often refer to as communion. You know, taking of the bread and the cup, remembering Jesus, his sacrifice, giving thanks for what he's done for us. A remembrance of God's grace, a receiving of his joy, and responding with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for the unexpected gift of grace given to us in Jesus, which produces joy. You see this kind of cycle, this cyclical connection, um, that joy, grace, and gratitude are, are all kind of deeply intertwined. And the connectedness of these words isn't simply in their structures. We actually see evidence of this and in different places throughout Scripture. One example is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Ever wonder what God's will for you is in your life? Right there. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. So, charis, grace received. Kara, joy received. Eucharist, responding with thanks. All these are very interconnected, right? And I want to say this, true Christian joy only comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you can create or manipulate or muster within yourselves. And there is, God does not have a, a lack, he never runs out. You know, he's not lacking joy or he gave it all to, to Bill this morning. And so you're, you're cut short. No, it's available to us, to you. He never runs out. Everyone, every day, it's available to you. And I believe that the reason why many of us don't have this kind of joy is, is that we're not in a posture to receive it, right? Um, if we think about, you, you might have heard this analogy before, but if we live life with a, with a closed fist, we may never, we can give ourselves the illusion that we're really holding on to whatever it is that we're hold on, holding on to, but we're not in a posture to receive anything either. And so I think that's true of joy. Um, we, we don't, we're not in a posture to receive it. And to receive joy, our hearts need to be in this posture of, of recognition and remembrance of God's grace. Unfortunately, Christmas in Western culture has become more of a hindrance to this posture of thanksgiving and remembrance of grace. With the, how busy we fill our schedules and the preoccupation with material things, and this brings us back to the purpose of Advent, a time to pause, reflect, be still, prepare room in our hearts and minds and schedules for the realization and remembrance of God's grace in sending his son to earth to rescue us. And so I ask you, are you experiencing joy? When was the last time you experienced joy? Where are you lacking joy? If what I'm saying is true, and I believe it is, any lack of joy is tied to a lack of awareness or a forgetfulness of God's grace. I often resonate with King David in Psalm 51 when he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He's crying out, God, remind me of your grace for me. I need the joy that you offer. 
I've forgotten. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Anywhere in your life where you're lacking joy, myself included, we're lacking the realization or the remembrance of God's grace for us in Jesus Christ. Another word, another way of saying this is grace produces joy when it's realized. You know, I think about um, the story that, that the ladies read. And I think about the shepherds. You know, the shepherds, the angel says to them, I bring you good news of great joy. And uh, many of you know well that, that shepherds of that day were not highly esteemed. They were kind of the bottom of the, the barrel, the bottom of the blue-collar uh, workers, right? They, they lived outside almost all the time. They, they took care of uh, livestock, and they slept amongst the livestock and lived amongst the livestock. Um, you know, in today's day and age, um, probably the closest thing to them that I can think of in our context would be like maybe a snowmaker. No offense, Nathaniel. <laughs> but even more so because snow, snowmakers have, you know, although they're out all, all hours of the night, they're working hard, you know, they, I feel like they get a little bit more praise for, for creating good snow. I, I'm not sure that the shepherds even got that. I think, it, you know, based on what I've heard, it was just kind of a bad rap. They're smelly, smelly old shepherds. And so, you know, but God, you know, takes the, the low things and he chooses to elevate them. And who does he come to first with this good news of great joy? that the Messiah, his own son, is coming to earth. He comes to the shepherds. I can imagine them thinking, Lord, what have we done to earn this unmerited favor? Lord, that you would come to us and give us this good news of great joy. Nothing. It's nothing that they had done. And there's nothing that can prepare you uh, for the joy of being a parent for the first time. It's one of those things that you just can't anticipate the way it will change you until it happens. I'll never forget the day my, my oldest daughter, Evie, was born. Um, several, several hours after delivery, um, Trish was sleeping. Um, she had a pretty, pretty difficult delivery with Evie, and, and I was holding her in my arms, and in, in this moment, I was overwhelmed by God. It's like my eyes were opened in this new way, right? I had, I had this simultaneous realization of my love for, for my daughter, and the depths of God's love and grace for me, and the fact that just like my, my newborn daughter had done nothing to earn my love and my acceptance, God's love had nothing to do with what I had done, good or bad. And yet he called me his child. And that, I understood and experienced God's grace in a new and tangible and deep way. And I began to cry, tears of joy. That was an incredible moment. You know, when I realized God's grace, and it led to joy. And true Christian joy has the power to pierce even the darkest times. You know, I, I'm guessing that many of you have heard countless stories of, of how the church has been persecuted in different ways in different parts of the world. And how 
believers whose family members uh, are literally being put to death for their faith are just filled with this incredible sense of awe and joy for God. And what happens? The church actually explodes under persecution. This is what happened in Acts. When Stephen was stoned, the church scattered, and the, the news of, of the good news of Christ scattered with it. Because in spite of really difficult, hard circumstances, even death, the joy of the Lord was with God's people. Um, for Trish and I, it was in the darkest season of, of our lives that we learned the most about the joy of the Lord. Uh, as most of you know, last fall, our daughter Selah lived for 36 weeks before she passed away unexpectedly in the womb. And I'll read for you this reflection that my wife wrote about a month after her passing on her due date. She said this, This last month, although it has been the toughest I have ever faced, has drawn me to the Lord in ways that I never imagined possible. Every day since her passing, the Lord has given me peace. Every single day. Yes, I've never been more grieved and heartbroken in my entire life. But through it all, and in his kindness, he has given both Drew and I peace. A peace that I don't believe is humanly attainable. The only explanation I have is this. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. That is exactly what my heart and mind are experiencing these days. I just want to praise God so much for giving that to me. The Lord has also given us joy. Today was hard for sure. And there are moments every day that bring tears to my eyes. But in the midst of sorrow, we are finding intense joy. Joy in the stories we are hearing about Selah's life, how Selah's life has already impacted others. Joy in our two healthy, beautiful girls. Joy in our marriage. Joy in the certainty of knowing we'll see Selah someday. And ultimate joy in Christ and what he has done for us on the cross and his continued work in our lives. I read this quote and I absolutely love it. Joy is not the absence of pain, but the presence of Jesus. Joy is not found in our circumstances, it is found in Jesus. I know this for certain now, because I am living proof of it, and I pray that I will never forget it. i found that when our hearts are most broken before the Lord, that's when we're most ready and in a posture to receive his love, his peace, his joy, and his hope. C.S. Lewis uh, said this, Joy is the serious business of heaven. It's the grand truth. It's the surprise that happens when we discover God's love. Joy can be found at any time and in all places. And it's available to you today. I want to reread John 3, verses 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son.
Some of us here today need to hear the words that God loves you. That before the creation of the world, he knew you. And there's nothing that you could do, good or bad, to earn his love. He simply loves you. And he loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son so that you could be brought near, brought back into relationship with him. Some of us here need to hear the words that Jesus did not come to condemn you. I was sitting in my office this week reading that, needing to be reminded of that. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. I think some of us need to be reminded of that today. Some of us need to be reminded of the warning that we're given at the end of these verses. That if we don't believe in Jesus, then we stand condemned already. But the good news is that it's not too late. Are you lacking joy? Have you realized the gift of God's grace for you? Have you remembered what he's done for you? Have you believed in God's love? Have you received it by grace through faith in Jesus? This is where joy has made its home, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I pray that you and I would increasingly put our faith in Christ this Christmas, and as we do, we would experience new degrees of his joy. Let's pray. God, we are grateful. Lord, we are needing to be reminded day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, of your amazing grace, Lord, towards us, your love and your kindness that you showed by sending your Son. Lord, I pray that that awareness, that realization, that remembrance of you, Lord, would stir our hearts with love for you and stir up in us a joy that only comes from you. That when people of the world look in at, at, at your church, the body of Christ, they would say, they have a joy that's, that's something that I don't have. Lord, and may they come to know that joy through the testimony of your church. God, thank you that uh, there's nothing that, that we can do to earn your love, your acceptance. Thank you that um, you have loved us um, fully, completely, uh, before we were any good for doing things for you, Lord. And you'll love us lo forever, long after. We love you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.